Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Right now we're going to talk golf. Golf journalist extraordinaire Ron Syrak joins us. Award winner from the PGA Tour, the old PGA Tour, and so much more. Has written wonderful books and a great follow on Twitter. Ron, good to visit with you. Hey, happy to be with you. Uh, you know, after... After a, a, a brutal week of having a USGA set up, the players get the, get their breather week at the Travelers Championship. You know, uh, we had a, on Sunday none of the leaders could uh, could break seventy at the uh, at the U.S. Open, and today Scotty Scheffler shoots a sixty three today, and he has the fourth best score of the day. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is incredible the scores they're putting up at the TPC at River Highland. Ches Reeve at 20 under par. Keegan Bradley minus 19. Patrick Cantlay uh, minus 16. Ricky Fowler had a good run at the U.S. Open, fell short. Uh, 15 under par. Justin Thomas struggled at L.A. Country Club at minus 14. You mentioned Scotty Scheffler at minus 14. So a lot of birdies flying in Connecticut. Yeah, you know, it, it, they, they've made it a very uh, a fan-friendly course, a, 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 a player-friendly course. You know, they, they used to have trouble getting good fields there because of its proximity to the U.S. Open. Players look to take a week off. But they've, they've capitalized on the fact that they've sort of got New York City there to, to entertain player families with, and then they've made it uh, uh, this scorable golf course on. And now this year it's a designated event. So there's $20 million purse, $3.6 million for first prize. So they have a great field this week. Yeah. And uh, the Travelers Championship wraps up tomorrow. Uh, the golf right now on CBS. I want to bring up last week at L.A. Country Club, long time coming. Uh, there there were criticisms of the the event and the, and the fact that uh, – there, there weren't very many from the general public allowed on the grounds. But uh, beyond that, what about the golf course? What do you think, Ron? Yeah, I mean, that, that is exactly the main complaint that I heard the whole time was, was the galleries. And they did, you know, and, and they did this when they had it at Marion, too. Old golf course, small footprint, hard to get lots of people around. So instead of letting 40000 a day in, they let 20000 a day in. But apparently also what happened at L.A. Country Club, a lot of the members bought up a lot of the hospitality tickets. So there were really only about 8,000 of the public who were on the course. And it, it did have a, a, a less intense of a feel to it. It felt more like almost like one of the COVID tournaments, you know, with, with, with few people out there. I thought the golf course held up um, very, very well. Uh, I loved I loved the way that they fringe bunkers with fescue and, uh, um, you know, it, it was one of those courses that rewards good shots, but you didn't have to miss your target by very much a yard or two to end up in a bad place. You know, I, I go back to the 72nd hole and Wyndham Clark went on to win. Uh, he hit a tee shot on any other U.S. Open venue I can think of that, that 
that's in the trees, that's in the deep rough, that, that may be out of bounds, I suppose. But uh, at L.A. Country Club, he had plenty of room on the 18th fairway and uh, was able to, to close out, which was, he, he played well. I, you know, I think it was a 58-yard wide fairway yeah, right. there. Yeah. And, and, that, you know, and part of it is a lot of those fairways were cantered pretty, pretty um, um, dramatically. So you had to land the ball near the left rough to keep it out of the right rough, you know. So I, I think that's one of the reasons that they went wide with the fairways. I do think one of the weaknesses of the golf course was the last three holes. You know, I did, you know, three long 500-yard par fours wasn't very, you know, I would have loved to see. They had a great number six, was a great drivable par four there. It's too bad that wasn't somewhere later on the golf course. Uh, you'd, you'd like a, a, a reachable par five. I, I like to see risk-reward holes down the closing stretch of a golf course. So I thought those last three holes were sort of uh, anticlimactic. Ron Syrak joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline Talking Golf. One other thing I want to bring up about the U.S. Open, Rory Mayakaroy, another close call. Terrific talent, but uh, now <laughs> Rory close but no cigar again. Every time I think he's got his short game figured out, you know, he, he then throws in some clunkers like he did there. You know, I mean, the guy off the tee is, is, is just the best driver of the golf ball I've ever seen for being long and, and, and accurate with it. But, man, sometimes from a, with a scoring club in his hand from 100 yards in, 120 yards in, you know, you can't hit the ball to 20 feet from there. you got to hit it to 6 feet to 8 feet. And, uh, and then he, he misses his fair share of 5-foot putts, too. And, and the U.S. Open is a lot about those 5-foot par saves. Um, uh, you know, going into Sunday, uh, I had a feeling that, that – that let's put it this way both Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler had to prove it to me on Sunday and neither of them really got the job done on Sunday they both sort of uh, they both sort of faded back yeah well, one other thought I guess on on the U.S. Open Scotty Scheffler um, the the thought is if, if he could putt a little bit or make a few more putts he'd be unbeatable right now it seems like he's in contention every week he brought up his round uh, today in in Connecticut at the Travelers uh, but, you know, Scotty, if he starts making putts, look out because he's a wonderful ball striker. Yeah, I thought he showed some improvement at the U.S. Open with the putter, and I haven't seen much of him this week. But, boy, if, he, if he's, uh, he's got uh, uh, 263s at, at TPC River Highlands, so, I, you know, it, I don't care what kind of golf course you're playing on. If you shoot a couple of 63s, you're making some putts. So maybe yeah. he's turning the corner there. He is from tee to green. And he has been for two years now the most consistent player on tour. Um, we've, we've got to bring up the women, a major right now at Baltusrola, New Jersey. It's the women's PGA. It was at Hazeltine. It's a great event. Yeah, you know, that what the PGA and KPMG have done with this event uh, by upgrading the venues that they brought it to, you know, places like uh, Hazeltine and, and uh and they were to Sahala, Olympia Fields, yep. Aronimink, uh, Baltus Roll this week. Uh, that's, that, that really elevates the respect for the women's game. And I think it brings some new eyes to the product. A lot of people tune in just to see, gee, I wonder how the women are going to play at Baltus Roll. And, uh, and now they've got, uh, you know, the week after next, the uh, U.S. Women's Open is going to be at Pebble Beach. That's another good week for the women. Uh, they are finding Baltus Roll to be uh, quite a test. It's looking very much like, Single digits under par is going to win that tournament. 
Yeah, every time I, I think of Baltusrol, I, I think of Jack win, winning there once upon a time. Uh, uh, Jack won a lot, uh, but <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, for for some reason, Jack Nicholas and Baltusrol are, are synonymous in yeah. my mind. The other thing I remember about Baltusrol, and, and uh, um, gosh, I think it was the the ninety three. They had one of the first six hundred yard par fives in, in, in golf and uh, a 17th hole and John Daly hit it with a driver and a one iron. <laughs> and that was, that was in the nineties with the old equipment. <laughs> yeah. That, that's pretty impressive. John Daly. What, 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 what a talent. I remember when he won the uh, PGA, I believe at crooked stick in Indiana, that that yep. was quite, quite a performance, uh, an, an amazing talent. Uh, Ron, before we let you go, I want to get some quick thoughts before we do it at a time. And I know we could talk for an hour on this. Uh, everyone's read, heard something about PGA Live merger. Um, quickly, how far from a done deal is this? I, I have heard there's a long way to go. I think there's a very long way to go. I think that there's going to be uh... – While we know one Senate committee is going to look into it, I think several regulatory agencies are going to look into it. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody uh, out there files a lawsuit, too, because, you know, Liv sued the PGA Tour saying uh, an antitrust lawsuit saying you have a monopoly. Well, then, if you're going to say that, how do you then merge the DP World Tour, the PGA Tour and the Liv Golf and that not be an even greater monopoly? So I, I think there's a lot of legal issues ahead. I think it's a long, windy road. We have no year, with, no idea what next year is going to look like schedule-wise. I think it's going to look exactly the same as this year. There will be all three tours next year, Live Tour, PGA Tour, DP World Tour. All right, Ron. Uh, hopefully we can do it again. Talk to you down the road, my friend. Always a pleasure. There he is, Ron Syrak, golf journalist. Uh, award winner, PGA Tour L, PGA Tour, some wonderful books as well.